All right. Well, it's another one in the book. Saw four. That it is. Yeah. That that one. I I felt like that one was a little rough. You know. I mean, like just that the movie's not as exciting. No. I felt like you know we were just kind of stumbling through it at times. Just trying to get get it over with. But you know, whatever. Saw four is over with. We're gonna do Saw five next week. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a lot better. Um. So yeah. Let me let me just get another beer. Sure. Then we'll we'll start to map out things for the next one. Okay. Hello, Matt. Oh. I want to play a game. Again? Again, you do claim to be the greatest Jigsaw fans there ever were. And you have taken on the great task of documenting all of my work in your multi-part series. And yet, you seem to be flagging at this point. That, that seems unfair. I think we're, we're doing our best here. Really? Are you, Matt? I heard that episode on Saw 4. You basically just recap the plot. You Do better just... work and, and we'll have better, better episodes. I don't know what to I... tell you. I had many great kills in that episode. I mean, uh-huh. I, I, many great tests in that installment. Mm-hmm. And you barely gave me any credit for those ingenious traps that I devised. Whatever you say. So I have come up with yet another challenge for you, Matt. You must now record another Saw episode this week. This week? Yes, this week. And you must do a better job this time. Oh. You must really get into the details of what makes my work so excellent, why I try the very fabric of humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know about doing another episode this week. That seems like a, a hard ask. Well, in that case, I am currently hacked into your Podbean website, and I'm prepared to delete all the recordings of all of your back episodes if you do not release two episodes by the end of this week. Hacked into our Podbean account? What are you, working with those people from Unfriended Dark Web? No, no, not at all. Of course not. Um, I, I have skills, obviously. Skills. Well, live or die, Matt. Make your choice. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, yeah. so Saw Five is next. Now, when when we prepare for this one, I want to be very careful. So, uh, what do you think is best for this one? Uh, yeah. So, got some bad news. Um. Jigsaw came back. Some uh, it was a fun conversation we had. He has challenged us again to uh, this time record another episode this week, so that we have to release four and five this week. Um, apparently is back, huh? Jigsaw (laughs) is back. Listen, apparently he's hacked into our quote unquote Podbean account and will delete our episodes if we don't. So. Matt, what's going on here? Like, 
I feel like Why are you you're asking getting, me. I feel like you're getting a little too caught up in this. You do realize, like, this is a fictional series. Jigsaw isn't a real person. He can't uh, hack into our Podbean. Don't, you don't have to tell me that. I'm just telling you what he's telling me. Okay. Well, why do we have to record two episodes this week? This doesn't make any sense. I don't have time for this. Come on. Yeah. I. What do you mean? Why are you asking me why we have to? I'm not the one who gave us this ultimatum. He said live or die. Oh, right, yeah. I don't want to take that risk. Uh, it was Jigsaw again, of course. Yeah, of course. sure. Well, uh, God, if you really think we need to pick up the pace a little, I guess I can make a little time this week. But Jesus, Matt, like, get it together. It's not my fault, okay? Okay. Well, I guess we're recording another one this week. So I guess we are. Now. Yeah. to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzsaw Movies, the special Saw edition of Buzzed on Movies. I'm Teddy. And I am Matt. And we're here this week to cover Saw 5, the fifth installment in the Saw series, and our fifth episode on this topic. We're really delving into the deep woods at this point, but we're trying to, we're seeing light on the other side. We are. We've gone about halfway through at this point. Um, about is literally where we are right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> we are well, halfway through. <laughs> If you count Jigsaw as the eighth movie, we have finished four, so we are literally at the halfway point now. That's true. So I think a good way to commemorate this moment as we delve into the back nine of the Saw series, a little golf joke there. Thanks, Tiger Woods. Um, We're going to to do a shot uh, in commemoration. Yes, yes. Are you ready? Yeah. What are you shooting? Oh, she's got some dark rum, dark as the cinematography in these movies. Lovely. I love it. I have Jack, so. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing but Jack. All right. I have a brand. (laughs) Ready? I am very ready. Okay, bottoms up. All right. (sighs) Very nice. Okay, so Saw 5, we're going to try to break down the plot for you real fast here so we can really delve into the nitty gritty. Yes. So where we left off last, at the end of Saw 4, we discovered that Saw 4 was actually taking place at the same time as Saw 3. So we, we got left off at the same point where Saw 3 ends, Jigsaw's dead. Um, and this time we find out that Detective Hoffman is his protege who is taking over for him. Um, Hoffman locks Detective Strom in the hospital room after Strom kills um, Jeff. In a move as possibly one of the worst cops of all time, just shooting the first thing you see. <laughs> yeah, um, classic. Or or possibly the best cops of all time. He's just doing his, his cop job. That's what they do. Um, oof, that is so, a political hot take. <laughs> all right. <laughs> moving on. So um, this, the Saw 5 starts out with uh, Strom in this hospital room. He um, 
well, it starts off with a with a trap, but we'll get to that later. Strom's in this hospital room. He um he discovers a hidden exit from the room after after a tape warns him not to go any further. Um mm-hmm. and he walks down this hallway. He gets attacked by pig mask, of course. Yes. As, as he's wont to do. Um, and he wakes up in a trap. Yes. He's got a box on his head and starts filling with water. He has to escape by giving himself an emergency tracheotomy so that he can breathe while his head is completely submerged in water. Right. Then, So somehow he gets out of that. Um, <laughs> then... <laughs> We'll talk about that. <laughs> we we see the cops rescuing Hoffman alongside uh, the little girl who was Jeff's daughter from the beginning, uh, okay. from Saw Three. Yeah. So she's alive, and then Hoffman is surprised to see that Strom is also alive. That he wasn't supposed to survive. Clearly, right. So now we've got Ho- Hoffman, who is was supposed to be the only survivor, but Strom is a little bit suspicious of him. And Strom, because he's been he's been through this ordeal, because he's getting clearly a little bit paranoid at this point, probably for good reason, uh, he gets put on leave. Right. Yes. Then that seems he, right to me too. <laughs> he, since he's suspicious about um, Hoffman's background, he delves into um, as much of Hoffman's background as he can. He finally finds out that um, Hoffman's sister was killed by her husband or boyfriend. I can't remember which. Um, Uh, Boyfriend. Boyfriend, yes. Okay. And then later on, that boyfriend was found dead in a jigsaw trap. Mm -hmm, Or so they thought. Mm -hmm. Um. So he starts digging into this. Basically, he goes back through that case, through all the early Jigsaw cases that we saw throughout the first four movies, and through that pieces together the timeline of Hoffman becoming Jigsaw's apprentice. Basically, Hoffman started by killing this boyfriend and making it look like a Jigsaw trap, then Jigsaw got angry because of that, kidnapped him, and was going to kill him, but instead decided to make him his apprentice. Yes. And then Hoffman was the one who helped Jigsaw set up a lot more of the physically complicated traps and um, was really the first apprentice before Amanda Young even came on the scene. Right. So that's... Once he figures all this out, puts all this together, um, in the meantime, Hoffman has been sort of planting clues with the top brass of the FBI that Strom might actually be Jigsaw's apprentice. Right. right. So the FBI is trying to track Strom down. Strom's trying to track down Hoffman. Strom goes to Hoffman's... um, Either Hoffman's house or some might say the um, 
the nerve gas house from Saw 2. We'll discuss <laughs> that later. Um, either way, he goes to this house. He finds a hidden trap door. He goes downstairs to these tunnels and finds a um, a glass coffin filled with broken glass standing up. And he finds a tape that's um, in Hoffman's own voice, not even with the voice changer, just saying, like, you found me, Agent Strom. But have you really learned to trust me at this point? Something. Right. Huh? It's something <laughs> Which is weird. really weird because why would he trust him? It, yeah. And so he has to throw himself into the coffin to save himself, basically. He says, you will, there will be some pain, but you will survive. Right. But, um, and at that moment, Hoffman walks in. They have a fight. Strom throws Hoffman into the coffin and locks it. And then he plays the rest of the tape, which tells him if he doesn't go into the coffin, he's going to die and his body will never be found. And he's going to be framed as Jigsaw's apprentice. And when that happens, the walls start closing in the glass box with Hoffman in it falls down and the walls squish in. Oh, yes. And you can imagine how that goes. Yeah. So that is the end of Detective Strong. Yes. That's the very basic plot. In the meantime, there is also, of course, a series of traps playing out, this time with five different people in it for Saw 5. Yes. That is not truly essential to the overall plot but we're going to cover that in its own <laughs> literally time. not even a little bit essential to the overall yeah. plot <laughs> um and also there's there's a couple minor plots um perez dies early in the movie mm-hmm. um, which we saw her injured by the exploding puppet trap in the last one she yeah ridiculous really a trap it's like a it's a booby trap basically it's literally just designed to kill her <laughs> And then um, there's a very minor plot with uh, Jill Tuck, who was Jigsaw's wife. Um, she gets a uh, a videotape from a lawyer at the right. beginning of the movie, which just um, is basically Jigsaw telling her goodbye and saying that like he has this cryptic message of like she was the the answers are close to your heart something like that. And yeah. she has this heart shaped key that she has around her neck that she uses to unlock this big box that he leaves her, um, which <laughs> if ridiculous. I were her, I would never have unlocked this thing. Cause you know, like there's a good chance this thing explodes when you unlock it. It's, it looks really sketchy. Right. Um, but instead, like she just looks inside. We don't get to see what's in it this right. time. We'll find out later in the next installment, probably. Right. But um, so there's that. And then there's also she says something to like the top brass of the FBI about how Strom has been like intimidating her, which he did in the last movie. And she thinks that he might be stalking her, which is part of the... um, it's part of the evidence that starts to build up that Strom might in fact be Jigsaw's apprentice. Yeah. She really plays a key role in <laughs> allowing that, that assumption to be like passed through the, the police department. So 
that's the basics of Saw 5. Yes. Now, let's get into the traps. The real right. nitty-gritty. Um, the nitty-gritty. It's very gritty in this one. The first mm-hmm. trap we see here um, is our little pre-show trap. Yes. The, this guy um, wakes up chained to a table. He's um, There's this pendulum above him, kind of like you know Edgar Allan Poe pitting the pendulum. Yes, yes, yes. And um, he's revealed to be a convicted murderer who got off on a technicality, so he only served <clears throat> like five years. And Jigsaw tells him, that in order to survive, he has to crush, he has to destroy the tools that he used to murder. So he has to crush his hands in these vices that are next yes. to him. Otherwise, this pendulum, which is slowly swinging back and forth and descending towards him, is going to cut right through him. Right. Because it's like a very sharp blade. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it'll kill you as it goes. And- <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Uh, so he he does it. He crushes his hands in pretty gruesome fashion. It is pretty but, rough, yeah. Yeah, but the thing keeps coming down, and he gets very graphically cut in half. Yeah. So this is a really brutal murder opening. Um, <laughs> so much so, it is extremely violent. It's like not playing around. It's also like. I mean, it seems extremely painful. I mean, obviously, but like it couldn't be like a one like nice, like clean slice him in half. It had to be like centimeter by centimeter, just like getting deeper and deeper into his stomach. Um, yeah, just each cut. It was like, oh, yeah. Ugh. And then, like it gets gets to this point where it's like his like intestines are like being flung to the windows, but he's still <laughs> screaming. And like, I'm like, I think he's done. Like, <laughs> he's, like yeah. he's like fully cut in half and he's still like looking around being like, ah, uh. and well, he looks over. He manages at, to look through the door. <laughs> yeah. He looks over and sees this eye looking at him through the door. He goes like, you. Yeah. I don't know how he recognizes who it is from the eye through the door hole, but like good for him, especially in that state. I'm pretty sure at that point you're like seeing things that aren't even there. Like, yeah, you're just like completely incoherent um, because you've been sliced to the point where the only thing holding your body together is like the back layer of skin. Um, Yeah. You definitely be in shock at this point and not like trying to be like, Oh, where have I seen that eye before? It looks familiar. Yeah. This is also a very strange, like, I, whatever this room is, like, it appears to be, like, I mean, we'll revisit this scene multiple, the scene of this cry multiple times in this movie, but it appears to just be, like, this weird, weird like, seaside shack or something. Like, it's, like, this weird shed, like, at the end of a parking lot where it's always raining. Like, like <laughs> I don't really know what the purpose of this room was at any given point. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely raining a lot in in the saw franchise so but specifically in this like at this location this site it rains like every time they come here like (laughs) it's just like okay we get it um this one was in seattle so (laughs) um so we later find out um as we mentioned earlier this this scene is the the one of 
um the the Hoffman's first murder when he right. killed uh the boyfriend who killed his sister. Right. Which is why that it doesn't matter that he crushes his hands and actually succeeds at the trap. He has to die anyway. Um because it's just Hoffman trying to kill him and frame it as a jigsaw murder. Um, yeah. So, he was never meant to survive. So yeah. much like some of the traps that we saw in Saw Three, this one wasn't meant to be one. But right, yeah. The difference is that this one has like such a personal stake in it, as opposed to Amanda's, where it was just like she just wanted people to die, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like she was told to do to like set up those traps by Jigsaw, but she still managed to rig them. This was like Hoffman's idea. Yeah, he um, was just going solo. Although I, yeah, I guess he had like a tape of Jigsaw talking. I don't know what's going on. Um, I guess he used a similar voice changer. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. That was confusing. It is funny how the voice manages to sound the same, despite being like two different people doing it. It has to be Hoffman doing this one. Like, (laughs) um, so, um, but yeah, anyway, that's not important. So yeah, I mean, um, this is like a very much just like a personal murder that Hoffman tries to frame as looking like um as Jigsaw. But it's not a not a John Kramer murder. So well John Kramer would hate if we called him a murderer, but of course sorry, John. He, would, he would never murder. He, never he just murder. you know, he just sets up bombs for SWAT people to walk over and puppets to explode in their face and slice their jugular or whatever Uh, but that's fine remember when he literally extended a claw out of his hand and slashed a man's throat (laughs) but he doesn't like to murder but he didn't kill that guy so it was fine that easily could have killed him (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i don't i don't really buy that jigsaw but okay um so that's the pre-trap um the next trap we get to see, obviously, is um, the one that Strom has to escape from. Um, this whole first scene here with what? Strom, yeah, with Strom escaping from like the the head trap, right glass box thing. Um, the first scene here is really funny. I thought, um, yes. So he gets he gets shut in the hospital room. The lights go out. This is and, after he's murdered a man in cold blood. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, like, I get that the man was holding a circular saw, but like, what's a circular saw going to do to you? Give him a second. No, like, wasn't he holding the gun at that point? Was he holding the gun? I think he was holding the gun. But, but the still, gun wouldn't even fire, right? Like it had yeah, no bullets. So. He only had one shot in there. Yeah. That had already been demonstrated, but yeah, whatever. You know, like we said. I mean, I know Strom doesn't know the gun only has one bullet in it, but... um. He's understandably so. on edge at this point, but you know. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he gets locked in the room. Lights go out. He has a tape that basically tells him like he can he can stay in this room uh, and it can be his sanctuary or it can be his tomb, which is like, um, well, I, I don't think he can really be safe here. I think eventually he's going to have to find a way out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like, oh, I just live here now. I like would love to talk about just like that. Um, like what was exactly, what was the idea here? What was Jigsaw thinking? Like, <laughs> like, like obviously 
if he leaves the room, he's going to be assaulted by pig mask and be put into a right. salt trap, right? Like we know that that's literally what happens. That's what Hoff, that's what Strom does. He leaves the room and pig mask kidnaps him and puts him into a trap. But what happens if he doesn't leave? Like he stays there. He can't eat. I don't know. He dies. Um, Maybe eventually or, the cops find him. I don't know. So, but eventually the cops find him. But who's the cop who's going to find him? It's going to be Hoffman, who's the one who pulls like, you know, the young Denlin child out of the the room that she was locked in uh, when Jeff failed his trap and all of that. It would have been Hoffman who finds him anyway. So he would have yeah. just shot him. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. So I'm unclear as to whether this message was left for him by John Kramer or by Hoffman. Right. Okay. If it's Hoffman, you have to figure he's probably just fucking with him. Like right. he knows that he's gonna go into that trap one way or another. Um but maybe he is just sort of toying with him a bit at this point. Maybe Hoffman right. is like this is like his line to cross. He's like, if you come through this door, then I'm gonna lock in the trap. Otherwise I'll leave you alone. And he leaves the message there as like a warning. But right. my, my favorite part of this scene, though, is after Strom has finished listening to that, all that, and he looks over at John Kramer's dead body and just goes, fuck you. Yeah, that's really good. Oh, like, that's my favorite reaction to a jigsaw tape and all this, because I feel like so many people could just say that. Yes. You're like, God, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck you. I guess his like thought is like, he knows Jigsaw's dead and he doesn't like, he's not convinced there's a second person involved. I don't know. Um, Yeah, probably. And he's seen Amanda dead too at this point. So he's like, Hmm. Okay. So I don't know. I don't really know why he's like so convinced that he can just ignore the tape, but he does. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, he obviously believes that there's another jigsaw apprentice as well, because he was the one who had that theory in the last movie. Yeah. So he should definitely be wary of the fact that there might be someone else around who could still get the better of him. Right. But absolutely, he should be aware. (laughs) So, (laughs) So he goes out this secret door that he finds, he gets attacked by pig mass. He gets put into this trap. So this trap is the the way this starts is very uh visually appealing i think agreed yeah his his head is in this little glass box and it's lit up on the inside and when this when the scene starts all you get is like a black fully black screen with just this little lit up box in the middle and then it slowly zooms in on it as he wakes up and like looks around and kind of freaks out yeah, um, and that was like heavily used as like like poster imagery and stuff too. Was, yeah, um, that was that the, image. The head in the box definitely shows up on a lot of the posters and DVD covers and stuff for this yeah. movie. Um, so he starts freaking out. There's no tape or anything for this one. Yeah, <laughs> the box just starts filling with water. Well, I mean, clearly he wasn't really meant to like have a way out of it. Yeah, I mean, there's there was no like he he looks over all of his um like his gun, his phone, everything is like on a table conveniently to the side. Um, right. So supposedly, like this was just 
an elaborate way to drown him. Yeah, I guess. Um, but he finds I mean, again, just making it appear like it could have been a saw trap, like a jigsaw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, that's what Hoffman's good at. It's like yeah. making pseudo jigsaw traps. But I mean, this one must have been pretty elaborate. They had to engineer this watertight box that like could fill up and drown him without leaking water out the bottom. Yeah, he like, definitely needed Jigsaw's help. <laughs> like right. Jigsaw, like who is like the civil engineer, like um which we find out via like basically just magazine covers throughout the franchise where it's like John Kramer on the cover of like design weekly. Um, <laughs> but my big question is how on earth did Hoffman make that whole pendulum trap by himself? Cause that was, that's one of the more complicated things that we've seen. Yeah. Saw do besides like the, I don't know, the angel trap or the, um something trap or something like that oh god yeah we'll, we'll get to that yeah but this one's pretty complicated especially for early saw which like this was supposed to be very early saw yeah um yeah this is so like super early he's got a little skill of his own clearly yeah don't know where it comes from because he's apparently just like some drunk cop in the first one. Oh my but. god i yeah oh my god oh my god yeah. we okay yeah we have to talk about all of the flashbacks with hoffman <laughs> yeah let's uh. let's we'll cover the flashbacks once we wrap up this scene here yeah um so uh strom finds a pen in his pocket like right as the water's starting to go over his mouth and nose yes so uh, he manages to find this pen he's drowning his his head is underwater and he manages to take the pen and dramatically stab it into his trachea um right that's the trachea i'm not yeah my biology is correct here um so and then he like pulls off like the pen cap or like the pen casing and stuff so it's just like the tube that would have been the ink or whatever so it's just a hole he can breathe now um he starts breathing through the little tube of the pen which makes a very disturbing noise (laughs) yeah it's also like like, tiny snorkel he had to be like spot on in a lot of ways for all of that to work out the way it did do it in Um, one go yeah yeah i mean good for him but i don't think that's the way jigsaw intended that to go Right. Um, I mean, this is this is like he and Matthews are like the few people who actually outsmart the traps that they've been in. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, at least for Strom, I don't think Matthews really was that stupid, at least not as stupid as Strom. Unfortunately for Strom, he goes on after this one smart moment to be like the dumbest person in the entire Saw franchise. So, um, yeah, <laughs> Um it's like such a shame because like I'm rooting for him at this point, and then like by the halfway point of this movie, I'm like, Jesus Christ, get killed already, dude. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> Be quiet, Strom. Um, me anytime he talks, uh, it's like yeah. bandage over his throat. Um, you know what? Cops with bandages over their throats. There's a motif in Saw. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flashback to tap with the tap uh, the neck wound. Rip tap. Um. So, yeah, so he presumably escapes that one by, like, then drinking all the water or something. Yeah, Uh, so he gets out and the cops find him. Okay, oh, my God, this is my favorite exchange that happens in this movie. One of them, anyway. There are many good, like, just, like, line moments here. But, um, 
Hoffman carries out little Corbin Denlin, who he has conveniently rescued because he locked her up in the first place. And, um, <laughs> um, or was a part in locking her up anyway. And he brings her out and, and the cops are like, was anyone else? Did you find anyone else? And he's like, no, no one else lived. I'm the only one. And then like one second later, the paramedics come out with Strom on a stretch and they're like, <laughs> we got a live one. <laughs> it's like, he's like, what? <laughs> I know. It's like, like the back and forth of just like the paramedics saying, we got a live one. Like it's a fucking catfish. And <laughs> like Hoffman looking up like, Oh, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like the funniest shit I have ever seen. Like, oh my it's God. very good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so these flashback scenes. We get a lot of flashbacks in this movie. Yeah, um, so a, an interesting thing that's happening at this point in Saw is it's just like every movie is rewriting the history of Saw. Like, every single one from here on out is like, oh, by the way, what you think happened isn't what happened. Other people were involved and this other thing was going on. So the past is not the past anymore. Um, Saw right. loves to do that. So <laughs> Yeah. After the first, so we've we've had a little bit of this already with Amanda, but this is where we really start to see the like cyclical nature of Saw going back and covering the gaps and stuff that we've already seen and sort of changing the understanding. This is where the plot starts to get very intricate and also very confusing. Extremely so, <laughs> confusing. Um, yeah, so these flashbacks are mostly... Um, Mostly done through Strom investigating the early uh, jigsaw traps and figuring out the way that Hoffman came to be Jigsaw's apprentice. So in him investigating these scenes, we get flashbacks to what happened to set up these traps, how Hoffman and Jigsaw worked together, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, And... (laughs) These are some of them are pretty good. Um, I I like the one where um, they set up the the whole barbed wire trap. From yeah. Saw okay. One. Oh, that is it's like an in, okay. So here's an interesting point about that one. So in this one, we get to revisit Paul from the first Saw way back when, yeah. who is the man who was like suicidal, and so Jigsaw decided to put him in the razor trap where he has to cut himself to get out. Um, Jigsaw is an asshole. Real nice Jigsaw. So Real nice. He doesn't understand mental illness. But anyway, um, in this scene, we get to witness Paul chug a bottle of tequila and then try to kill himself with the shattered bottle. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he smashes but, the bottle and just like, <laughs> yeah, it's a really bizarre like mode of death, Paul. Um, so Paul then though, like somebody jumps on his car. <laughs> Um, you just see the whole car rock and Paul's like, oh no. Paul goes into like aggressive fight mode in a way that I have never seen a human do. Like he's just like immediately pissed the fuck off. And and he like jumps out of his car and he's like, what's going on? Um, It's very funny to me. And he is immediately attacked by not one, but two pig masks. And I gotta say this movie more than any other adds the background noise of pigs loudly squealing like I have never <laughs> experienced. Like I was, I was watching it, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like yeah, this is yeah like, they're making pig noises, and it's like, "Where is this coming from?" It was so funny. Like it, it was really noticeable in this scene. Like it's like the whole fight's happening, and you just hear like, rah, rah, like 
<laughs> I was like, hold on. Like, are they actually making this noise? Like, is this just for the audience? Like, what is this? <laughs> this whole fight scene is pretty crazy. It's probably one of the more elaborate fight scenes we've seen since the Amanda Detective Matthews showdown in Saw 3. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that still holds and, the can- That's still like the better one. But Yeah, and this one, you know, Paul's holding off both Hoffman and uh, John Kramer. And he's doing one. really well for a guy who, two, like, not a minute ago, was ready to kill himself after chugging a bottle of tequila. Yeah, and he's so. very drunk at this point, clearly, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, and the two, of, the two of them just look pretty incompetent next to him. Like, to he's be like, fair, Jigsaw is, like, dying. Yeah, um, Jigsaw's dying, but Hoffman's a cop. Like, he Hoffman should be better is, at and this. Hoffman is literally here to be, like, the brute force member. Like... Clearly, right? Yeah, um, that's his, that's his whole job. I mean, in theory, he was the one doing a lot of the kidnapping for the later Saw um, victims. Except for when Jigsaw had to hire Abby, yeah. even though he had <laughs> Hoffman. We don't know why Abby had to do that stuff. but Well, the movie doesn't know why either. They didn't know at the time of Saw 2 that they would bring Hoffman in, so it's okay. Um, right. Um. Uh, but yeah, th- this is kind of a crazy fun scene. But then, like, I like the I like the flashback scene later after they've set up the trap, and um, Hoffman wants to go away and not watch, but um, Kramer makes him watch. Is like this is where you the learning comes. This is where you see the 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 urge to survive. Yeah, Jigsaw is full of shit. But like, um, yeah, I do like that. That's a good scene. I agree. Um, you know, it's just a strange, like a weird thing. Like watching, like, I don't know. Like, are we supposed to like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about these apprentice scenes. It's almost like the movie is trying to like make us like feel something for these characters. I'm like, but I don't like, they both suck like as human. (laughs) Um, so like they're interesting characters in their own way, but I mean like they suck. So, right. Uh, I I mean, we're supposed to enjoy getting to see more of John Kramer, obviously, since his character's now dead. So we're like getting these flashbacks as a way to give him some more time in the series. Yeah. I mean, this also, we have to mention the scene where we get to see John Kramer and Hoffman's first interaction. Um, Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good scene. It's also revealed that Hoffman lives in a shithole apartment. Um, where like the lights are flickering and every the wall is are like yellow peeling paint or whatever, and yeah. um, also Hoffman, <laughs> even though he's like the brute force member of the team, like was easily overpowered by Jigsaw, um, who yeah. was a terminally ill cancer patient. Okay, that um, whole scene where where he gets kidnapped by Jigsaw. There's so many like false jumps in that scene. Oh yeah. He's like just trying to get upstairs to his apartment and he like runs into five different groups of people that like startle him and like by extension the audience. There's yes. like the he woman who comes a around gun the at a dog. <laughs> he points a gun at a dog and the woman's <laughs> just like back up, back up. <laughs> and like he he like um he, one of the elevators is out of order, so he has to take the other one. There's like 
there's like like I was like Jesus, this scene's just going on for like when is he gonna finally run into Jigsaw? It's a very slow burn scene. They were like, <laughs> we need to get this to like ninety two minutes, guys. Um, <laughs> so he gets uh, on the elevator with obviously John Kramer. He's wearing a suit. He's looking really slick. Um, and he's like they're they're riding for a little while, and Hoffman sees that he's wearing gloves, and he's like, "What floor are you going to?" And then Jigsaw attacks. Gets him with the needle. Yeah. Yeah. But like he gets him with the needle after like like Jigsaw has like put pinned him against the wall of the elevator. Like yeah. Hoffman can't fend that off. I just gotta say. Hoffman is a detective who works in the field. He does not work behind the desk. And he can't fend off dying man jigsaw. Yeah. Like no dude. offense to dying people, but like Jigsaw has been shown to not be physically strong. So I mean this was <laughs> like, early, early in the Jigsaw run. So maybe like the cancer hadn't gotten him quite so bad at this point, but he's true. still like kind this of This was before dude. he's some just subjected himself to a drug that basically killed him for twelve hours so that he could lie on a bathroom floor and pretend to be dead. Yeah. Uh, just for the drama of it. Like honestly, he had no other reason to do that. Like <laughs> yeah. um, you know, cancer patients survive stuff like that all the time. Yeah. Um. So he, yeah, that, and then we get, the, we also had the flashback of um, Jigsaw, like confronting Hoffman in his lair, like Hoffman's chain uh, tied up to this shotgun mechanism that's like, it's like if he moves slightly, it's going to shoot him in the face. Yes. Which is like, I don't know, that's not really a jigsaw trap. It's just like all he has to do is just not move. There's no real test. But <laughs> yeah, there's literally not. This is not a trap. This is like nothing. Um, <laughs> But, you know, that's okay. But this whole... um. This scene has one of my favorite line deliveries in certainly in the movie, uh, possibly in all of Saw. When um, Jigsaw <laughs> is trying to impress upon Hoffman that he's not just here to kill people, that he's here to you know to test humanity, teach lessons, and Jigsaw says, "Killing is distasteful to me." Yeah, it's the two me that really is uh, the the kicker here. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, to you personally, it is distasteful, right? But that, I don't know. I don't know about that. That seems untrue. Yeah, what do you mean it's distasteful to you? Like, <laughs> like you kill every day of your life, dude. Like, whatever. He takes He takes no joy in it. He's just doing. He's leaving people to their own devices. If they survive his tests, then great. But he'd be happier, I, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't. He I don't says he would it. anyway. So, any other great flashback scenes from there? Oh, but when <laughs> when Jigsaw is like sort of breaking down what. Hoffman's been doing and why he should like come around to his side and said he's like talking about how he's been following him he sees like you're broken up by what happened to your sister you drink every night at the bar 
and yeah clothes and then go sleep in your car and then do it again the next day and which is like first of all mood but like second of all um <laughs> i love that because it's like this like weird like weirdly lit scene where he's at a bar drinking and you see this like like bartender in like a tight tank top and like a gruff man with a beard and he just does like a hand across the neck gesture that's i guess supposed to mean like you're cut off for the night and then like waves him off i I loved that little bit of flashback there yeah so like it it just told the whole story right there yeah the gesture the bartender does is truly one of the funniest things because i guess like i said it's supposed to mean you're cut off but to me that just means you're dead meat man like yeah like I was like, are you gonna murder him? Like and Hoffman just sort of turns around, like walks away, like, oh, all right. He's gonna go sleep in his car. Um, I guess so. I also like that revelation because it's like, oh yeah, he's like a drunk, which like was not really clear before, and it seemed like he was showing up to work. Like I don't know. <laughs> um. So, but you know, that's okay. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he was worse before. Maybe this is brought clarity to his life so that's that's part of jigsaw's pitch is that he'll be able to sleep peacefully once he started down his path so instead of just murdering if he lets people just really dramatically maim themselves but maybe live he'll feel peace yeah and part of it is also that he says like oh you can take me in but then your life's pretty much over like everyone's gonna find out that you killed this guy uh, or you could just join me which is like, yeah it really is basically blackmail huh yeah he, he tries to pitch it as something different from blackmail like it's another one of his tests but really it's it's pretty much just blackmail right? yeah um so yeah jigsaw's full of shit man as usual as usual, though, the person gives in and becomes Jigsaw. I mean, Jigsaw really knows how to pick him. He's like, oh, this person looks like they want to just murder people for a living. <laughs> yeah. He's really good at finding them. I don't understand that. I mean, are there that many people who want everyone else to die? Like, <laughs> maybe there are. I mean, like, maybe it's just not even that hard for him. He's just like, all right, that person looks like they're going to murder someone. Let's just uh, get him more open to the idea. Mm-hmm. All right. So why don't we get into the main traps of this movie? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. We haven't really talked about this whole section at all because, I mean, it really is not um, – it, it really doesn't affect the plot at all. Unlike no. mo- like pretty much all of the previous ones, at least the the trap was mostly tied into the main plot – but in this one, uh, the real plot is all about, you know, Hoffman versus Strom and also about, you know, Hoffman's backstory and everything. Whereas the the regular traps in this are sort of a side note. Right. But yeah, pretty much. We'll we'll cover this in brief. Um, the brief summation of this is you have five people who wake up in the trap. Um, they have to go through a series of tests during which uh, one of them dies on each level. Then two of them make it to the final trap and realize that they could have all survived all along. They just had to work together. 
And now bullshit. the final trap is going to be much harder because there's only two of them. Yes. So, um, room number one is right. uh, the the one they all wake up in. They've got mm-hmm. like these these collars around their necks that are attached to a like a wire that runs up to the wall. Yes, and, behind them. Yes, behind them. And in front of them, in front of each of them, there's a glass box with a key hanging in it. And it's about yes. like ten feet in front of them. Yes. Um, and the way this works is that, like, once the timer starts, they have to like get the key to unlock their collar and um, separate themselves from this trap. Otherwise, like, once the time runs out, the wire is gonna pull back. And it's going to, uh, there's like these razor blades mounted, the giant razor blades yes, mounted at huge. neck height, mounted at neck height so that when the, the thing pulls back, it's going to pull their head into it and like slice their head off really quickly. Yes. Um, really convoluted. Um, but so they, um, the jigsaw tape here. Uh, basically says like all of your all of your instincts will tell you to do one thing but i implore you to do the other right which is basically telling them like you're all gonna want to fight each other to survive but you should work together right they don't end up figuring out till the last room yeah of course um so in this one as soon as the time starts they each one of them in succession start pulling forward to grab the key and then moving backwards as they unlock it. Um, right. There's not well, enough time. What? Well, I was going to say, it's also like worth mentioning that it starts with like, there's like a 15 minute timer going off and they don't have like to worry about like the cord snapping backwards. Like, but then somebody jerks it forward and starts it. Which character is it? Who starts the timer in this room? I'm pretty, um, it's the rich guy. The, um, which one? Malik, Malik, the uh, the our our tweaker, yes, our tweaker, rich arsonist, yes. Uh, <laughs> he's he's a little herky jerky here, and yes, he he's the one who just like eventually snaps and runs for the key and then starts the timer, right? Um, but yeah, there also is a longer timer in this room. Where if they stay in the room past the like fifteen minute mark or whatever, then a nail bomb goes off. So they right. have to get into the next room and close the door by that time. There's yes. nail bombs in each one of these rooms. We're bringing back the nail bombs. From nail bombs Saw come back 3. in a big way in mm-hmm. Saw Five. Yeah. Um, and um, so four of them get through it, um, but. <laughs> Due to one of them dropping the key as they grab it. Because no Saw movie would be complete if somebody didn't drop a key and cost themselves or somebody else their life. Like yeah. One of them drops the key, then has to go for it, spending extra time. So then uh, the fifth person does not have time to get their key and gets decapitated by this very complex uh device yeah it's such a weird device too because it's like 
the wire runs back from their collar, like from an individual's collar, into the wall behind them. But at the same time, everybody is like sharing a wire somehow. So like if one person runs forward to get their key, nobody else can either. Like it's like a, like you see like only one person can go forward and get it at the t- at yeah. a time. So it's like, I don't really understand how that works because just like, like the realities of what a, a string is tell me that it doesn't loop back on itself like that. But like, <laughs> um, I also don't know enough to understand, but uh, yeah, but it's very, it's very complicated. The blades themselves aren't other than the fact that it's like, is everybody's like neck at the same height or something. But, um, yeah. and how are these things sharp enough to like decapitate you just by you flying at them? Yeah. It feels like you, some people, it feels like you could just like get like a, a pretty decent cut, but still not be decapitated. Right. Like I, I struggle to imagine it's going through bone. Um, apparently it does. What do I know? That decapitation scene looks like hilarious too. The head just sort of like plops off. Yep. And just like falls over. Yeah. (laughs) It's also an interesting scene to remember just as we get to maybe some later entries in the franchise. Um, (laughs) I feel like this like type of trap comes back in a big way um down the line um but it is it's an interesting start you know we find out here that there's some connection between all of them the jigsaw tape is like you are all connected uh figure out what it is it mentions privilege uh it says they all have privilege that they have basically abused and not not taken you know not used appropriately so that's kind of interesting yeah and uh, we slowly get to learn more about who these people are and how they're connected. In the next room, um, there's a bunch of jars, like glass jars hanging from the ceiling. Yes. And um, there's also to the sides, there are these three like tunnels that are gated off and locked. Right. So, and what they have to do in this room is they have to break the jars to get the keys that'll unlock those tunnels and then dive into the tunnels before the nail bomb goes off in this room. Right. Um, And there's only three tunnels, so, and there's four of them at this point, so supposedly... Aren't there four tunnels, but three of them will open or something weird like that? Maybe. Maybe it's so. something but, weird. Yeah. But there's only three, there's only three spots basically. So presumably right. only three of them, three out of the four can survive in this room. Um, so they like, as soon as the timer starts, the, the one guy, um, what's his name? Uh, you mean, the, uh, the, 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 the dickhead reporter. Yeah. The dickhead. Yeah. That's reporter. Charles. Charles just smacks Malik with this bat that they've been given to to smash open the jars. Yeah. And he's like, it's survival of the fittest. And he starts just like beating him up. And yeah. then they start smashing the jars to get the keys. But then um then Luba um like beats down the <laughs> Charles <laughs> at the last minute. <laughs> And then, it's like so, a whole like thing. Like yeah, they're all like fighting while they're going to get the keys. Charles, who has proven himself to be like a dickhead reporter, who's just like always mean to everybody and seems to know everybody in the room at all times, 
Um, I mean, I got to say, you may be an investigative journalist, but you know everyone. Um, and he just punches everybody. Like, he punches down in a big way. Um, yeah. He is not a good dude. Um, so he's, like, just, like, smashing every jar. And you have to watch all of these scenes of, like, the other people picking up, like, keys to the gates and being like, it's a blank. It's not a real key. Over and over and over. Um, I've never heard the word blank so many times in my life. It's um, blank. Blank. It's blank. It's blank. Um, and yeah, the survival of the fittest line is bizarre. And then um, Luba is like, survival of the fittest, my ass. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know why you did that. Like, I don't really understand her point there. Um, I guess she's like trying to take out this like asshole physical threat who like probably would murder anyone with his bare hands if it came to it. Um, Cause he definitely seems like he would like he's a, a saw two Xavier waiting to happen. Um, oh yes. Yes. He's the classic uh, prototype for the saw two Xavier. Yeah. But it's also like, I don't know. Like he clearly had a lot of information on who everybody in the room was. Like, don't you think he could, probably could have figured out what was going on? Um, yeah, I don't know. He seemed to be the most useful of them. It's kind of like when uh, the nerdy kid dies in escape room. You're like, oh, well, I guess we're not going to really find out as much as we would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree with that. So I don't know. But uh, she does that. And so it's like Luba and Brit, who is like this other woman in the traps. And then our tweaker friend Malik, who get into a, a, a tunnel. And then the pipe or the nail bomb goes off and everybody is like, or I guess it's just Charles. So not everybody is shredded. Um, He gets like absolutely turned into like a red smear on the ground. Yeah. He's completely eviscerated. I like when just before it's happening, he goes, wait. And then he's blown up and I'm like, (laughs) what, who are you telling to wait? The bombs themselves? Like, yeah. Um, Maybe you were telling them to wait before they like, close the gates to their tunnels because gotta say very clear that multiple people could fit in those tunnels um but you know what do i know yeah yeah they could have at least tried i mean was that not an option (laughs) but just trying it not an option (laughs) the fact that they didn't even want to try is like all right they're they're more focused on uh making sure other people don't survive right because at this point they're convinced that it's like whittling them down one by one. Right. Um, they just don't want to be the last one. Right. But you know, that takes out Charles, the reporter he's done. Yeah. So that's the tunnel room. Um, so this point there's three of them left. There's, uh, Luba and Malik. There's also, uh, Brit who is played by Julie Benz. Mm hmm. Buffy and Dexter. Very interesting to see her here. Yes, it is. Yeah. Very strange that she decided to do Saw 5 <laughs> after <laughs> after doing Buffy and while doing Dexter. Yeah. I remember reading like some of the I guess some of the interviews of her uh when she was doing this movie and she was like really into it. Apparently she really liked Brit's character. So that's uh, so weird. Yeah, I don't know. She just really enjoyed uh being in Saw movie. Well, good for her. Um 
so the next room is um they're like they, they walk in and there's just this bathtub in the middle of the room right and I'm like uh, you know there's never nothing good happens when there's a bathtub in saw like we've we've seen some bad bathtub scenes so far um, that's true yeah we've had you know rig waking up in the bathtub in the last movie right we had adam waking up in the bathtub in the first movie right and here this is they're just walking into a room with a bathtub in it but right. apparently the deal in this room is um they have to um overload these electrical circuits that'll open the locks on the door and the only way to do that is to connect these wires to the bath water, but the wires aren't long enough to reach the bath water. So they have to attach it to a person who will be yeah. in the bath water. Specifically and- jigsaw says they have to complete a circuit. Gotta tell you, I don't know if jigsaw studied circuits very well, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, at this point it's like, maybe, uh, maybe this isn't John doing this stuff. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe this um, is one of the ones that Hoffman took the lead on. Yeah, I think so. Um, so they're all fighting over who's going to be the one to go in the water and get electrocuted. Yeah. It's also, I love that Jigsaw couldn't just leave it be like a bathtub with some normal water. He had to fill it with like brown sewer water or whatever is <laughs> in it because he can't just like be a normal person and play yeah. like a normal, like, it's so funny. He's like, is- let me get this like fancy ass like bathtub. It's like like above ground bathtubs like that, like like the like claw footed type bathtub. Yeah. Okay, so you paid money for this to install it in this room, and then you filled it with like murky brown sewer water. Like, <laughs> well, this, this is, is jigsaw dramatic. we're talking about. We're lucky he didn't fill it with pig guts or something. That's true. Honestly, it might be pig guts. It's that's this is probably what happened to the blended pig guts from Saw Three. They went it's to the bathtub. Yeah. Um. So they're fighting over who's gonna go in there, and then, uh, um, Luba's about to force Malik in there, and then uh, Britt just like stabs her in the neck with the like, yeah. Is it an ice pick or is it one of the one of the electrical prongs or something. It's got to be one of the electrical prongs. I don't know what else it would be. Yeah, it's a it's she does it like real fast. I'm like, damn, like she knew what she was doing. Yeah, Luba dies like immediately. Yeah, and <laughs> and Lu and uh, Britt's like, I didn't trust her, and it's like you trust anyone here, but okay. Yeah, um, I don't know why you trust that other guy. Like he's. I also just feel like. I just can't believe they really like didn't think about this one for like two more seconds, like and realize that maybe killing one of them was not the op was not the ideal choice here. Yeah, probably. Um, so they they she's dead. They throw her in the water. They connect the uh, different clips to each of her limbs, and one of them is like a hook. And they have to like jam it into her. And Malik is like really hesitant to do it. It's like, what? She's already dead at this point. Like, why yeah, are you honestly. like freaking out about this? Like, you've, you've seen and done way worse stuff by now already. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they eventually do it. She like 
briggles all over and the doors open and they walk into the next room. Right. Um, and then they come to the final test. Where, oh, God. <laughs> where it's revealed that uh, they have to... Um, there's this... There's this long thing with like multiple holes in it. Yes. And there's saw blades inside. And the way this is supposed to work is that they have to put their arm into these holes and cut themselves on these saw blades, which activate as soon as they push their arms through. Right. And then they have to fill this beaker with blood that's in the bottom of this device. Right. So I don't really know like logically how it happens that the beaker captures all of their blood. Like I know they show there's like a tube that runs to all of the different compartments. I'm not really sure because blood splatters. It doesn't just like pour out. Um, So I have some questions about that, (laughs) but um, like also I really love when Malik says, why can't we just get the water from the tub and pour it in, pour it in where? What are you talking about, you idiot? Like, like it doesn't have holes like above the beaker. Like, what what kind of idea is that? Um, like it's very funny to me. I'm like, you're stupid. Like, you're straight <laughs> up an idiot. You should have died in the first round, man. Like, March Madness shit. Like, you should have been knocked <laughs> out first one. Like, wow. Um, but you know, whatever. <laughs> like. <laughs> He's not the brightest, certainly. He's really um, not. And so they realize through the tape that Jigsaw plays for them here um, that they were all able to survive the previous challenges and that they should have all five been in this room. And that obviously, if all five of them were there, this task would be a lot easier because they, they have to produce 10 pints of blood between them so that's two pints each for five people or five pints each for two people. Yeah. And um, oh, <laughs> Jigsaw at one point says this, like, um, the human body is a fascinating, the adorable organism. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Like, will you stop? I hate him. <laughs> like, like, just jerking off over the, the beauty of the human body over there. Like, it's like the third time he said something like that. It just made me go like, oh my God, get over yourself. It's all because um, he pulled a rod out of his stomach one time. <laughs> like, um, okay, Jigsaw, we get it. Yeah. And he, and he said like, um, so the human body contains 10 pints of blood, but it can survive with only half that. So th- from that, they take away like, oh, like, one of us could give all 10 pints and die or two of us could give five pints each and maybe live. And my takeaway... (laughs) What? No, give me your takeaway first. Let's do it. My takeaway from that is neither of you is going to (laughs) live. Yeah, absolutely. There's Um, First of all, there's no way you get all 10 pints out of one person. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, what do you mean? Forget about that. You're going to get every drop of blood from this person? What are you, wringing them dry? Like, yeah, from their arm. The only way to do this is to stick a limb in this hole. I guess once they were too far gone, if it was, you could, like, shove their foot in there. But, like, (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, like, what? <laughs> and second of all, even if both of them manage to get five pints each in there, like, they're going to end up spilling so much more in the process. Like, that not every drop is going to get in there. So right. the idea that they're both going to walk away with exactly five pints of blood to survive, like, they're crazy. <laughs> right. It's ridiculous. This is a very ridiculous trap to begin with. Um, I, it's just like all so stupid that it, like they got here this way. Like, I don't know. Like it seems to me like they wake up in this first trap where they're all, it's all five of them still. And they all clearly know who Jigsaw is. Um, although for some reason, only one of them is able to say, well, didn't you hear Jigsaw's dead now? Like, yeah. Yeah, Brit that's crazy. That. She's like, oh, don't you watch the news? And it seems like, I don't know, maybe this is like 2019 bias clouding me, but like not knowing a major news story like that, it's like unthinkable to me. Like, like we would all know that. Like virtually everybody in the entire planet would know that Jigsaw died. If Jigsaw <laughs> were a real person who, who had done what he had done and then died. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, at this point, he's a pretty prolific serial killer. Like, right. Uh, when that BTK thing broke, it was like the last big, well, I know, I guess the golden state killer yeah. came out last year. That was huge. Like, I can't imagine anyone not hearing about that. Right. And that wasn't even the most publicized serial killing beforehand. Like something like this with these elaborate traps and everything, like everybody would have heard of this. Everyone, literally everyone. It's ridiculous. Um, but I have trouble believing that all of these people who somehow have heard about Jigsaw in some capacity wouldn't heed the warning. Like, you're going to think one thing. Your body's going to tell you to do one thing. I implore you to do the other. I have trouble believing nobody would even think to ask questions about what that means. Like, why? Why can't any of them stop to say, wait, hold on. Maybe we should figure something out here. Or... Just, like, let one person run up and get their key at a time. Like, it seems like all of the answers to, like, these traps were, like, right in front of their faces. And they're all just dumbasses. Like, like, it, like, drove me insane watching this movie. Like, yeah. Like. So the, <laughs> so the first, the, the first way they figure out that they could have all survived all along is that Brit had taken all the keys from the first room. And then she goes to try them on the door to get out of this room. And she realizes they're all the same key. So right. basically one of them could have gotten the key and then unlocked everybody else. Right. She's like, it's kind of a dirty trick because it's set up so that it looks like everybody needs their own key. But even if they did need their own key, like there was plenty of time for everyone to go forward and get their own key. If they'd actually work together and not done stupid stuff like dropping the key on the floor like everyone yeah. else in this franchise. Well, like if they just like decided that they were each going to go up one at a time, it would literally take nobody any time to get up there. Like Yeah. Like it if they just done, like, agreed to it. Yeah. But instead, they all like fought for it for literally no reason. There was nothing on the tape that implied that one of them had to die in that room. Nothing. Like, yeah. so, but they decided, like, there's even, like, one of the characters, I think it's Malik, who says, one of us has to die. And it's like, why? 
What? <laughs> Where did you get that idea time from? Time limit. There's the like, like if you do it all in the time limit, you're all alive. <laughs> it literally seems clear too. Like if you know anything about Jigsaw's mo, that if you wake up in like a group setting, probably teamwork is literally the lesson he's trying to teach you. Like, yeah, that's true. That seems like Jigsaw's mo. Um, Saw two showed that. Hmm. Oh my God. Speaking of Jigsaw's mo, not to derail this. I love one of the scenes where Hoffman is giving a speech after he's awarded a medal for saving little Dinlin child and getting the jigsaw killer or whatever. And he goes, what we've learned from this is that life is precious and to cherish your life always. And it's like, are you just spitting jigsaw lines at this he's crowd li- of people? Who- <laughs> he's literally just monologuing as jigsaw. Like, come on. Um, um, it's just like so funny. The image of him being like, I am the new Jigsaw Killer. You are praising me for catching the old Jigsaw Killer. So I'm just going to spout some Jigsaw lines at you. Make sure to cherish your life, always. Uh, Cherish your life is the most Jigsaw thing anyone has ever said. Cherish is a Jigsaw word. Jigsaw says cherish. Absolutely. Other people don't say cherish. Um, I also like that scene because um, as he was accepting that award, like they had all the pictures of the different police who had died in the last four movies sure uh all the way back to you know detective tap and sing yeah it's and sing. detective sing and it was like wow it's a lot of them by now like yeah jesus there's like yeah. five or six different cops who are dead oh yeah like all the entire police force of this like city wherever it is has been decimated um yeah all of their high-ranking officials are gone. Um, but, you know, okay. So, yeah, so they real Okay, so back to the main trap. I guess it's the main trap. I don't... That's like a strong word to use. Um, <laughs> they have realized that they could have used the same key. And then it turns out that in the room where they had to get into the tunnels, of course multiple people could have fit in the tunnels. I like how <laughs> there's not even, like, a clue that makes, like, Brit realize this. She just goes, oh, and in that room, we more than one person could have fit in that tunnel. And it's like, yeah, you, you didn't <laughs> Anyone could have seen that. Come on. Like, the tunnel extended how far back? I mean, I know they didn't know necessarily what was going to happen at the end of those tunnels. Like, they didn't know that it was just like, oh, go hide from a bomb blast. But, like, they kind of could have figured that out. And, like, it's just so obvious. Also, I mean, I'm skeptical as to whether those tunnels would have actually protected them anyway. Because, like, no, it, it's a nail wouldn't. bomb. Like, the nails yeah. could have easily flown down those little tunnels. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I also like when you see they, like, escape into the new room, and then the door slams shut behind them, and the bomb goes off. And you see, like, all of the smoke and debris fly under the crack in the door, and not a single person's ankle is shredded by a nail. Not anyone's. <laughs> like, and I'm like... I mean, you literally can see the nails coming under the crack in the door. Nobody's being <laughs> injured. Like, nobody? Okay. Because um, yeah, no, some are... of them are standing like two feet from the door, and still nothing happens. Those um, are also some pretty solid doors to be taking all those bomb blasts. Just like I know. Yeah. Well, Jigsaw has found a location that can apparently house some very serious, like, hardware i don't know what's going on in these buildings jigsaw finds um yeah 
So they've realized this about the tunnel thing. We know this. Um, and then they are like, oh, and in the electrical circuit room, it was meant to be five people so that we would all get a small shock instead of one person having to take off. I gotta say, though, that if they all got a little clip on their finger or something and got a small shock, one of them still had to impale themselves on a hook. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's ridiculous. Who was going to do that? Also, like, I'm really not sure that each of them attaching themselves to one of these electrical things and then all stepping in the bathwater together wouldn't have just shocked all of them equally badly. <laughs> yeah like, i don't know I don't, if jigsaw knows how electricity works so i wouldn't i'm think very too heavily into that i really i really don't know about that one um so yeah so this last room now they're stuck with only two people to give blood here uh <laughs> it's some bleak and, shit happening yeah, in this room i'll tell yeah, you that right now they they gotta shove their arms in this thing and uh it's pretty gruesome there, you get a lot of shots of them basically sawing their arms straight down the middle like a tree branch splitting apart. Uh, <laughs> it, That's true. It's pretty um, gruesome. Uh, I don't. It's honestly no bare. This is a pretty gruesome scene. Um, we have to watch them like first, like shove the blade between like two of their fingers, which is already like just like sort of like not a thought anyone wants to have. Like yeah. putting like a blade between like the your finger webbing, webbing is not pleasant. Is. Yeah, um, there's something about finger webbing that I really don't want to be injured. Um, but yeah. not only that, we get to watch them push it further and further up their arm, and they succeed in filling the ten pints. First of all, let's just be clear on that one. That's nice. Good for them. Um, but we get to watch them like literally <laughs> Malik comes out of this and he holds up his arm and it just like splits down the middle. <laughs> like it's right like, in front of the camera too. So it's yeah. Like... <laughs> it's like a tree that's been struck by lightning. It's like the most <laughs> disturbing thing. Um, it just like falls apart at the seam. And I'm like, that's really gross. Um, yeah. no. Okay. I'm also not convinced it would work like that, but okay. <laughs> I I don't know what to think. Well, because I mean, oh god, I don't know. I don't know anything about this, but it's it seems like it would be open a little bit. I mean, he sawed his arm up, but yeah. I feel like uh, your bones would just break and then like kind of sag on. So my thought is that like the bone wouldn't fall open like that. But, yeah. like, the skin would. Like, the skin could detach and fall. Like, it could just, like, flop open. Um, could you imagine? That would be... That would have been the better image, honestly. Um, that would have been real horror. So. Oh, we, we get a lot of real horror here. Yeah. Um, so. That, that arm I, image is going to stick with me for a while. I know. It's like the camera, like the movie relishes that moment there too. They're like, we have been waiting to have a limb fall open. Um, so good for Saul for finally doing it. So also the, the thing they figured out in this scene, um, is the way that they're all connected. Um, they were all involved in this scheme to, um, basically steal a residential building 
to um, knock it down and build a stadium in its place. Um, yeah, it's some shit. So, yes. uh, so this is Saul's first effort at like social justice issues. Um, <laughs> this is the gentrification. That's not true because they had the, this is a gentrification one. Yeah, but they they did have the like the rape issue that's come up in uh, Saw Four already. But um, domestic violence came up. Yeah. In Saw oh 4 yeah, well. yeah. So Saw Four started it, but Saw Five is like bringing it into like it's like the main game is just that. Um, so. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's the stadium thing. Yeah. So uh, Malik was, uh, he was like sort of a burnout drug user who got um, bribed with some uh, heroin to go burn down this building that he was told was unoccupied, but ended up having a bunch of people in it. Right. Then um, Britt was the real estate agent who was in charge of this whole deal yeah developer and, it's worth yeah, saying, the real estate clarifying developer. The difference. yeah she was not yeah. an agent she was a developer she was the, like the head of it um right luba was uh the head of the permitting office yeah she worked she was, in city planning she was the director of city, yeah, planning. city planning um who was would take bribes in exchange for giving the permits that were needed to build and, things yeah yeah and uh, Charles was the investigative reporter who had this story about this whole thing, but covered it up when he was paid off by Malik's family. Right. And the girl who died in the first one, Ashley was the fire inspector who gave a false report on what happened in the fire. Right. Um, basically said not, not admitting that it was arson, you know, claiming it was accidental or whatever. Um, so Yeah. That's like a bummer. So that happened. Um, so the movie, you know, and like, there's like this whole like scene where Malik like turns to Britt. It's like, you're a monster. And she's like, so are you. And then he's like, we both deserve to be here. Yeah, like we're all like, supposed to be here. Yeah. Um, and it's like, all right, dude. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you're not a terrible person. You killed eight people. I mean, but like. I guess at least Malik didn't know there were people in it. He thought it was unoccupied. Um, although, also, to be fair, if there's an unoccupied building, I mean, maybe legally it's unoccupied, but you know there are people living in there. Don't burn down a building. Like, yeah. Um, like that you're bribed to do via heroin, whatever. Um, so, yeah, like, Brit supposedly knew that there were people in there. Yeah, Brit is evil. Yeah. Um, so they do get out of this room, sort of. <laughs> Malik doesn't technically get out of this room in this movie. Malik he passes out. Passes out, yeah. After his arm splits open, which honestly, fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, but Britt does get out of this room. She literally crawls out of this room. Yeah. And when she crawls out of this room, she meets... Detective, or I guess it's like FBI agent, agent Erickson, Erickson uh, who has Mark not Ralston. been Mark Ralston. Yes, we haven't really mentioned him on the episode so far, but he's just an FBI agent who's been brought onto the case because nobody is doing shit. I don't know. Like everybody, he's sucks. like the the upper level guy who uh, like takes Strom off the case because he's um, 
crazy. Of his medical issue. He's crazy, and because he's got the still got a hole in his throat and everything. Right. Um, so he's sort of like the the top level guy is brought in to clean things up. Right. So he's the he like Britt crawls into the next room, and Erickson is there because he's fault. Erickson has like been completely played by Hoffman to believe that it's Strom committing all of the murders and has like tracked down Strom's phone to this site. Uh, and Hoffman had stolen Strom's phone. So Erickson is there. And like, there's this whole weird scene where Brit thinks she's going to like attack Erickson with a crowbar or something that she found. Um, I don't know why she <laughs> thinks she has the strength to fight anybody off. Um, <laughs> But Erickson is like, drop it. And she's like, we won, we won. And it's like, well, your arm's in half, but yeah, sure. It's the only thing she, she can say. It's like, we won. Hooray. Yeah. But that's honestly the last we see of the victims of that trap. It, there's like not really any clarification in this movie on whether or not they actually survive all that blood loss. Yeah, she just sort of passes out there and he like kind of, you know, like tries to stop the bleeding a little bit and, well like, and calls, calls, in for, yeah. calls in for help um but yeah that's kind of, that's the end of their story here right um and after this all we have really is the uh the strom coffin trap right which is a, a big one we sort of saw this um this glass coffin previously and saw four um, in that flashback, when they show um, when they show him doing his first real test um, with the knives on Cecil's face, um, there's also a glass coffin filled with broken glass in that right. Room. Yeah, yeah. And supposedly they were going to use that trap in that movie originally. But they just couldn't work it in, or like they had to cut the scene. I can't remember which exactly, but um, they worked it into this one in a pretty cool way. I think. Yeah, it's an interesting trap um, <laughs> because, okay, so Strom walks into this room and he plays the tape, and it's just Hoffman just like directly speaking. It's not even like trying to hide his voice at this point. Yeah, and um. Hoffman is basically like the only way to survive this room is to get into this coffin. You will hurt because of the glass on your back, but you will live. Alternately, you can stay out of the coffin and you will die. Your body will never be found. And Jigsaw's legacy, Jigsaw's murders will be basically yours in the public eye. Um, and it's like, like Hoffman says all of this on the tape. Yeah. And Strom thinks, I'm not getting in that coffin. Well, to be fair, he doesn't hear the second half until after. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's already locked. But he does hear, get in the coffin and you'll live. Right. Stay out of the coffin and you'll die. Um, He really should know by now that, like, you should follow the rules, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's also, I guess my point is that also, like, getting in the coffin. I mean, yes, there's glass that's going to, like, hurt your back. But it's not even that... That's not that bad. Yeah, like... Like, Hoffman's wearing... Or, Strom is wearing, like, clothes. Like, he's not, like, naked, so, like... He's wearing a leather jacket. Like, he should be fine. He'll be just fine. I don't understand why he's hesitant to get in the coffin. Get in the coffin. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe he thinks like something worse will happen once the coffin is shut. I don't know. I don't know but, either. Also, I'm not exactly sure what Hoffman's plan was if Strom did get in the coffin. Like, was he just not going to enter that room? <laughs> well, I guess he wouldn't have entered so that he didn't die, but then Strom would know that he was the killer. Yeah. Like, so I don't think that would really work out. But I think. I mean, part of part of what was going on at this point is like we get the typical flashbacks to stuff that Jigsaw said and stuff at this point. And it's all about like anticipating people's behavior, whatever. So um, Hoffman obviously knew that Strom wasn't going to get into the box, even though that was what he was supposed to do. He knew he wasn't going to follow along. So he knew he was probably going to be safe regardless of what happened here. Right. Strom was going to get killed by this trap. Right. And sure enough, Strom, instead of getting in the box, tries to fight Hoffman when he um, comes in the room. He first sort of sneaks up on him, but that like totally fails because Hoffman sees his reflection in the glass box. Oh, God. Um, Well, it's actually, it's a plexiglass box, we should note, because... um, well, and it's bulletproof as well, because once Hoffman's in there and once the thing starts lowering and the walls starts closing in, Strom is like shooting at the box and the bullets are bouncing off. Yes. <laughs> Hoffman just like very calmly looking at it. Yes. Yes. He is not concerned. Hoffman's acting in the scene is, um, well, Costas Mandalore's acting in the scene. Um is very great as well because at first he he pretends to be like freaked out to be locked into the box when uh right. Strom pushed him in there and then like he just sort of points down at the tape recorder to get uh Strom to play the rest of it that basically tells him like hey you're gonna die here and everyone's gonna think you did it yep so haha have fun then he's just sort of sitting there just like staring at him like yeah what now? So yeah, and this this is a pretty gruesome scene as well. Um, it is. We get to see some very disturbing bones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the the box lowers into the ground so that the walls can like close over it, um, and the walls are closing in. Uh, Agent Strom is trying to like climb up the walls to like push up through the grate above it. Right. Um, but of course he can't the grate won't open yeah and unlike the garbage compactors on the death star he doesn't have anything to brace the uh walls open with right but he he does have his arm which he's using to climb and which gets (laughs) trapped between the walls and gets a very horrible compound fracture indeed it's rough Uh, you get to see like the whole bone come out of his arm Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it was really bad. And oh. then he basically just gets completely smushed by these two walls. And you see like the the blood dripping onto the coffin below as the walls close and it turns to black. And yep. cuts to the credits. Yep. That's the end of Saw 5. That is the end of Saw 5. Woof. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Uh, Goodbye, Agent Strom. Rip. 
Detective Hoffman lives to saw another day. Too bad. Yeah. Um, overall, a, a pretty successful movie for Team Saw. Nobody dies from their side here. That's true. But, um, bunch. Uh, both the FBI agents from the last movie dead. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Wrapping up a lot of loose ends. Right. All the people. Well, we don't know if everyone died in the um, five-person trap, but we know at least three people did. Right. We um, don't really know what happened to the last two. And Strom was pretty much successfully framed for being uh, Jigsaw's accomplice. So, yeah. Right. Oof. Pretty big one for the bad guys here. Yeah. They definitely win this round. One interesting thing I noted at the end of this movie was that um, this is the first movie, the entire franchise, that doesn't end with like some sort of metal song or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it just ends with Zep's theme, and it goes straight into uh, like a variant of the theme over the credits. Yeah, that is weird. Maybe they just couldn't get like any rights to some metal songs. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of which, I forgot to talk about this last time, but the end credit song from Saw 4 is incredible. Um, is it? Yeah, it is. It was written specifically for Saw 4. Okay. Um, it's by a band called Japan X, which okay. is a like a Japanese melodic hardcore band. Okay. Uh, and the song is called IV. Because of it's all, it's soft four, aka IV, right? And it, the lyrics are all like IV in my vein. Oh, yeah, it's it's very appropriate. Okay, uh, it's a very fun song. It's it's a little unusual after like the first three being like kind of hard metal or screamo type stuff. This yeah. one was a little more melodic. Um, this was also one of the bonus tracks for Rock Band 2, which is how I first came across this song. Nice. Very, very fun song. But yeah, Saw 5, I did find that interesting. They didn't have a metal song to close us out. Yeah. Weird, weird change for Saw. Yeah. I'm used also, to some mud vein and stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> Also, the like the opening credits were kind of odd too. Usually, they'll give you like those sort of floating letters, like they mm-hmm. did, uh, like starting from the first saw. This one, this one after we got that first pendulum trap and it closed out, mm-hmm. it pretty much just like saw five came on the screen. It was like very matter of fact. Okay, no floating letters. It didn't really cut to the credits over screaming like they've done in a bunch of the past ones. Right. Just uh very straightforward. Saw five. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> Saw five. Saw five's a weird one. Yeah. This one was uh directed by David Hackle, who yes. was the production designer on I think two through four. Yeah. Yeah. He's been involved for a while at this point. Yeah, even though the director changed up a few times throughout this series, they always tried to sort of keep it in the family. 
So they definitely had a bunch of people moving up in the ranks towards directing these movies. Um, right. They never really just like brought in someone completely new other than when they first brought Darren Lynn Boosman in for Saw 2. Right. Ran a bit of trivia here. Um, real animal blood was used for the last trap. And the director said they wouldn't have used it if they'd known how bad it was going to smell. Okay, well. <laughs> they thought it was going to smell good. Like, what's there? <laughs> oh, it'll be fine, I'm sure. That's like such a bizarre thing to even think. I don't even know what that means. What kind of animal? I don't know. Didn't say. Weird. Oh, here's an interesting one. Um, producer Olin, Oren Cools owns the Tampa Bay Lightning hockey team. Goalies Olaf Kolzig and Mike Smith wore saw-themed masks for two weeks when the film opened. The masks were then auctioned off. Funny thing about the Tampa Bay Lightning, they just got swept in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, well, fuck the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> that that's... just happened tonight. Um, That's really weird. I did not know that. <laughs> Me neither. That's bizarre. Oof. Oh, boy. The guillotine blades in the first trap are all shaped like Vs, like the Roman numeral 5 for Saw 5. Shocking. They're also, like, very wide Vs, so. Yeah. I like a good wide V myself. Yeah, sure. I love a wide V. <laughs> Well, overall, what are your thoughts on Saw 5? Um, I don't know. I, I actually thought like, so my memories of this one were that it was pretty bad. I think this was one of my less favorite ones. I actually think I liked this one better than I remembered. Whereas I I said before that I liked Saw 4 less than I remembered. I actually liked this one a bit more. This one is, um... It's interesting. Like I feel like the like the traps and the the sawing and everything, all the kills take a back seat to the plot in this one, which kind of works for it because you know we've built up four movies worth of lore and backstory at this point. Right. Um, it's about time to like get a really plot heavy one, and I feel like it worked pretty well here. Yeah, I mean, I so I mean, I think it definitely has its flaws as a movie, but I think it's far better than i remembered it being um like i enjoyed watching it i was never like having a bad time necessarily you know so yeah. i don't know i liked it i thought it was, i thought it was fine um i don't know about david hackle maybe isn't meant to like direct saw movies um, maybe no i th- i think there were some directional choices that were like kind of like really weak and like Cause like in the past, like the editing and direction of Saw movies has at least stood out just like for feeling very different. Um, this one, I think that he kind of struggled with like leaving his own mark as a director. Um, but you know, you win some, you lose some. Um, but I, I do think the places where he shown the most was in the flashbacks. Like the flashbacks were mostly pretty interesting 
and I feel like they um they disconnected from the main plot in a pretty cool way and were were tied in very well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I like the flashbacks. I thought they were good. I thought like learning more about Hoffman was actually kind of interesting this time. Um in the past I've definitely like decried like the era of Hoffman. I don't I don't always love him. Um but I just think he can be kind of like a gruff, uninspired villain, but yeah, because I'm not really sure what his motive is at any given time. And I do agree with that even now, like even right now when I'm saying I like it more than I thought I did. Um, I still don't think I really can fathom why Hoffman wants to be involved in this, but <laughs> yeah. he comes off as kind of a mindless brute. But um, this one sort of at least gives him a bit of motivation, uh, right. makes him into a little bit more of a complex character. Right. But yeah, overall, not bad. Um, kind of interesting the the weaving in of social issues here. We'll definitely see more of that, especially in the next one. Yeah, Saw uh, Six is the big one for that. I think that what's most interesting about like Saw Five and even Saw Four in a way is the way it's really like paving the road for what we're about to see in Saw Six, which is like a very explicit and like well honed like argument about certain social issues like <laughs> so um yeah saw six is next and i'm very excited for this one i gotta say this is yeah. this is definitely my favorite of the late saws oh yeah easy yeah it, this is gonna be an interesting one so i'm excited yeah. to take that one on um before we close up uh is there anything you've been seeing recently you want to talk about uh recently um recently i got a chance to see i drink your blood a 1970 film yes. uh, at a midnight showing um which was really yeah. fun um that was awesome seeing it, it with like a midnight movie crowd was a blast everybody was having a great time um that is one of the more absurd movies i've <laughs> possibly ever seen um so it was awesome <laughs> I love that movie. That's so yeah. great. I saw that at a drive-in a couple years ago. Great so, drive-in movie, yeah. Yes, yes. That's the one that's like, um, it's a bunch of, like a gang of unruly hippies come to town. Yeah, they and... all do LSD and make a grandpa do LSD, so a kid feeds them rabies-infested meat pies. <laughs> <laughs> and turns them all into, like, zombies. Yeah, it's it's nuts. That it's movie like... is so crazy. It's like seriously nuts. Also, seriously nuts is like just like the casting in that movie. Like you have a woman who's like wearing a wig the whole time. You have like a Native American actor, like <laughs> you have like a black actor. Like it's like this like really like specifically diverse, like hippie villain crowd. Like <laughs> it's like very Damn funny. Hippies. Yeah. And like um no I like when like the lead villain is like I am of the house of Capricorn. I'm like, I think I don't know what astrology means because <laughs> is that supposed to mean that you're like the leader of all like bad? Because that's the way you presented it. Um, but um, yeah, it's like a lot of fun. I think it's really ridiculous. And I think it's like perfect for midnight showings and like drive-in showings. Absolutely. That seems like, yeah. yeah. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that. I saw Shazam recently too, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I loved Shazam. I thought it was very, very good. Um, 
Uh, Megan Good was actually in it, and she stars in Saw 5. Right, uh, Luba Gibbs. She is Luba. So that was kind of cool, just like as a nice tie-in. I literally saw Shazam today. So I was like, wow, I'm going to talk about one of her other movies tonight. Um, <laughs> so, one of her uh, other great works. Yeah, yeah. This is, I'm sure, on the top of her list. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Shazam was really good. I would encourage anyone to see it. I know I don't think you've seen it, so, um, but I would encourage you to see it too. I think it was good and a lot of fun. And Zachary Levi is, he has my heart. That's fine. Um, yeah, I definitely want to check that one out. Yeah. Um, I, I think I talked about uh, Pet Cemetery on the last one. I yeah. saw that last week. That was, it was pretty good. I mean, it, it was a mixed bag. The ending was kind of crazy, but it was a lot of fun and definitely okay. a good late night horror watch. I definitely still um, need to see that one. Yeah. Other than that, not much recently for me. I'm planning on going to see uh, the Hellboy movie tomorrow. That's nice. showing in 40X. And I've been told that the 40X is very good on this movie. That like they... They use the water effects for all the gore and everything, which sounds like a blast. So yes, I'm it very does. Excited for that. Um, the movie itself has been getting atrocious reviews, so I don't know if I'm actually going to enjoy it. But I always have fun when I go to these 40x movies because it's just it's the craziest way to ever experience a movie. It's absolutely nuts. yeah. You got to check one of these out someday because. Yeah, I really need to. I have never been to a 4DX movie. Yeah, there's um, I'd say the best way for anyone who wants to try it there. There are definitely not a lot of these theaters out there, but if you your city has one of them, um, there's this giveaway every Friday. Um, radio stations give away these Adam ticket codes um, and Adam tickets is um it's an app for movie tickets these codes will give you one free movie ticket at any price and uh okay these these 40x tickets are usually like 20 bucks so it's very worth it to get a free code for a movie um so yeah if you search around on twitter for hashtag free movie friday on a friday you'll okay. find You'll find these radio stations tweeting out codes that you have to text to the Adam Tickets number. And if you find one that hasn't been used yet, then they'll apply two free tickets to your account. Okay. And um, like you just have to keep cycling through them. Just keep looking up the different codes. I like I'll like be texting like twenty different codes till I finally get one. But right. it's worked for me every time I've tried it. And it's very well worth it if you're getting like a twenty to twenty five dollar movie ticket for free. Yeah, and absolutely. Then you, get, then you get to see these wacky forty X movies. Yeah, I need to do that. I uh, I did see. I mean, I saw Shazam and IMAX today. Um, nice, which was that, pretty exciting. That was AMC, right? Yeah, AMC. Uh, so I didn't have to pay technically. I mean, I paid twenty a month for AMC, but I didn't really have to pay anything for amc today very good although i bought concessions i buy concessions every time i go because i'm a good movie theater guest um but uh, and i want to support my theaters um <laughs> but um 
yeah, I got to see Shazam in IMAX for nothing, and it's literally the biggest IMAX in the country. So uh, nice. I'm not going to be mad about that. Um, <laughs> um, but I need to I need to get on some some 40x deals because that's something I have not experienced, and that's like a bummer. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure there's at least two of them in New York. Most cities that have them only have one. Do you happen but, to know where they are? Um, I don't know. Like there, there's seriously like only like 15 of these theaters nationwide. Okay, let me. So I, I think they're all in Regals. The Union Square Regal has one. Oh, I did know the Union Square had one. They like advertise that really well. And then the Ewok has one. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um So it's well, it's 4DX only Regal. Do you have one at your AMC? No. I think it's just a Regal thing. Yeah, I don't it's know just if Regal. Okay. AMC has an equivalent. Um cuz they're doing it for Shazam or Hellboy right now. So. All right. Yeah, I think it's only Hellboy here. We only have the one theater that does it. I mean, I'm um, not going to do it for Shazam now. I mean, I would <laughs> see Shazam again, but I don't need it in 4DX. I don't see the point. Right. Nothing will... Uh, so far for me, the definitive 4DX experience was Rampage. I don't know if anything could ever live up to that. But I really we'll need that experience in my life. That was the craziest damn thing ever. Oh, man. All right, but yeah, we highly encourage you to go to theaters to check out some movies. And, you know, 40X is just one of a myriad of technologies that are trying to get you in the theaters, and I'd say it's a pretty good one. It is a good one. It's a great one, in fact. So um, hopefully we'll see you around at a movie. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Movies. Um, you can send us an email too if you have something to tell us. Um, buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. Yes, yes. You can find us on all the major streaming platforms iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts. Uh, just drop in, give us a review if you like what we're putting down. And um, until next time, we'll see you at the movies. We will see you at the movies. <laughs>